Today's gonna be a good day, and um, if you're just joining with us today, we've been in a series called Back to School, and some of you guys are back from your six weeks of vacation. We're glad to see you. I'm not pointing anybody out on the front row. Travis, I'm glad you guys are back. Birthday celebrations, anniversary celebrations. I'm glad you guys are all back. Everyone's here for the summer. You guys look good. Hey, why don't you turn to the person to your right and say, hey, you look good, you look good. Turn to your second choice, say, you, you tried, you tried. It, it, you, look, you, know what, you know what makes somebody feel really good too? Just say, look to them, say, man, you look like you, look like you lost some weight. You look like you lost some weight. That, you can never go wrong telling someone, hey, you look like you lost some weight. You look good. You look good. Hey, I'm glad you're here. You made it. You made it. You made it. And you're going to leave here better. You're going to leave here better. We're glad that you're here today. You laughed a little bit in church. We worshiped together. I'm going to share a word from, from God's word today that I think will help you. We've been in a series called Back to School. Back to School. And so we're, if you're just joining with us today, we want you to know we'll catch you up. We looked at a couple weeks of this Back to School. Um, the first one we looked about is your school supplies. Your school supplies, and you have to have the right bag because your bag determines where you're headed. Your bag determines whatever, where, where you're going. Wherever you put in your bag, it determines where you're headed. If you're here today and you're going to the gym, then you have a gym bag. You got some stuff inside your gym bag. That means you're gonna go to the, you're gonna go to the gym. Or if you have a school backpack, you have a, maybe you're cool and you have one of those rolling backpacks. I banned those in my house. I told my daughter, I said, you will not have a, you will not have a rolling backpack, hon. Dad, I really want to. My friends are gonna get them. I'm like, your friends aren't cool. You know what I'm saying? I had to help her out with that. If you had a rolling backpack, that was cool back then. It's not cool today. And so I'm like, you have a locker. That's what a locker's for, you know? Like, and so she's like, so we got to school the first day, and she's like, hey, there's my friend. I'm like, awesome. She's like, she got a rolling backpack. I'm like, she doesn't have any friends. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. Calm down. We're in church. Quit judging me. Um, so anyways, so that's whatever you put in your bag, it determines, it determines where you're headed. It determines where you're headed. Secondly, last week, we got to meet the teacher. We got to meet the teacher. If you're here today, do, raise your hand if your kids like their teacher so far. If you're, if you're in school, you, you like That's important. You want to you wanna like your teacher. You know, my, my, my son, if he hears me, I'm going to get in trouble. I think he's in the kids' church, but he's like, man, my teacher this year, she's so pretty. I said, get, that's my boy. You know what I'm saying? It's like fist bump, you know? Priorities, you know? Hashtag goals. He's like, man, she's so pretty. I hope I get Miss Warren. I really hope I get Miss Warren. I don't think we're live. I think we were live the first service. So he's like, man, I really want to. But he's like, but she's a little bit strict too. He's like, I like that. Like, I like, I like a strict woman. That's my boy, you know? I'm like, huh, son, they're all strict. You know what I'm saying? You do what they say or they'll kill you. It's pretty much how it works, you know? And so we looked at last week, um, New teacher. New teacher means a fresh start. I'm so thankful for a fresh start. We have a God in the Bible. The Bible calls Jesus our teacher. I'm so thankful that we have a, we have a teacher. And so today I want to look at something new. I, I brought my desk from school today, and my son said to me today, Dad, I don't, why, do you have my, why do you have my desk? I said, I'm going to use that desk for, for an illustration, son. He's like, I get sick of you. He goes, I get sick of you guys coming to our room and taking my stuff. I'm like, it's not your stuff. And get used to it. I, I own you. You know what I'm saying? Me and Jesus, we own you. He's like, no, actually... Mom owns this house. I'm like, well, that's it's a subcategory, you know. She owns it, and I I help her with it, and so. But I, I wanna I wanna talk to you guys about picking the right seat. My son said to me today, "Well, Dad, what if you get stuck in that seat?" I'm like, "What if you're gonna be grounded the rest of your life?" You know, like it happens. 
Picking the right seat matters. I love, love, love school. I wanted to pick the right seat. Now, I'm one of those kids, as you can imagine, by the issues that I have. I'm not going to preach in this forever. So if you're going to get a picture, you want to get it now, I'm getting a little bit claustrophobic just being in there. But I, this is me growing up. Dear teacher, I talk to everyone. Moving my seat will not help. Moving my seat just well, how many of you guys here today, you, you talked, you're a talker. You, if, if you're a talker, you know you're a talker. Like, just raise your hand. Um, those of you guys that don't raise your hands because you're taking a picture, because you're a talker. Like, some of you guys, like, you're not raising your hand, you're lying in church. <clears throat> but I, that was me in school. Dear teacher, I talked to everyone. Moving my seat, it just, it's not going to help anything. Like, that, it's not the seat, it's me. I was, talking, I was listening to a, a sermon a, a while ago, and the guy was telling this pastor, he's like, hey, pastor. He's like, man, everywhere I go is lame. He's like, well, where have you been? He goes, I was at Dallas, man, lame. Houston, lame. He goes, I was at, he goes, I, he goes, I went to a different state. I tried, I tried Orlando, Florida. He goes, Orlando, Florida, man, it's lame. And the pastor looked at the guy. He goes, sounds like there's a common denominator in all those places. It's you. It's me. Wherever I'm, wherever I'm sitting at, I'm talking. I love, love, love talking, talking to people. I, I met this week with a, with, a, with a friend of mine who got introduced me to a friend of a friend and he looked at me like, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm enjoying sitting with you. I said, why? He goes, because you just do all the talking for us. I said, you're welcome. You're welcome. Here's what I know about picking the right seat. It, it matters. Here's why it matters. To be successful, you have to pick the right friends. To be successful, you have to pick the right friends. Because wherever you sit at, it's going to be around your group of, it's going to be around your group of friends. To, to be successful, you have to pick the right friends. You guys have been in our church for a while now. You've heard me say this. You're, you're the average of your five closest friends. You are the average of your five closest friends. So if your friends all around you, they're, they're unhealthy, you're going to be unhealthy. If, you're, if all your friends are selfish, then you're probably going to be selfish. If all your friends are discouraged and de- depressed and defeated, then you're probably going to be discouraged or depressed or, de- or defeated. I saw a recent survey recently that, that just came out, and the, basically they said this. <clears throat> whatever, life, whatever major life things happen to you, they're going to happen to your friends within a few years. He basically said this. They studied a group, a group of five friends. They watched them grow up, and these, these five, one of the friends, they had a heart attack. And shortly after, the second friend heart attack, and they, basically what they realized is that no matter where you're at, if you're with the people, you're eating the way they're eating. You're drinking the way they're drinking. You're going where they're going. You're headed, you're headed where they're going. If you have a, a group of friends, and, and, and one, of them, one of them got divorced, and, and, he, and he was telling me, he was like, hey, one of my friends in our circle got divorced, and and I was talking to the guy, I was like, why does that make you sad? He goes, well, because it, it's going to happen to someone else. Because reality is, is that it, it usually comes right after, the, right after the next person. It comes right after the, the next one. It, 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 that's how life is. So as your friend goes, so, so, do, so do you go. I, I used to tell kids when I speak to students, I told, told this to Pastor Joel, but show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Anybody your parents ever told you that before? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So I want to help you today, if I can, help you pick the right kind of people. Because that determines where you're headed at. That determines where you're headed at. So if you have a Bible today, flip open Acts chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, I'm going to read it for you. Acts chapter 2. To be sex- successful, you have to pick the right friends. To be successful, you have to pick, you've got to pick the right friends. Where you seated at and where you're seated at, it's going to, it's going to matter. So if you have a Bible, I want, to, I want to look at a story today in the Bible that I know that I've talked to you guys a lot about. And the reason why I know that is because it's one of my favorite, favorite chapters, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Before I get into that, um, I joined a biker gang yesterday. I'm just kidding, but I, I did go riding motorcycles th- this week. That's my squad there. You can't tell, but that's a friend, Brent of mine. We work out together. Um, Brent, and he's behind that motorcycle. All you see is his hat, and uh, his bike is the same, is his height as him. It's his bike. His wife is Erica, and they got there, man. You guys, they had the jeans on. They had the boots on. 
not the boots with the fur, but they had the boots on with like the steel on them. They had vests. You know, and I, I, and my, my, I woke up that morning, my wife's like, are you gonna, um, are you, are you, what are you wearing today? I said, hon, they know I'm not a biker. Like they know that. And she's like, well, I, I used to ride a lot. She's like, are you gonna wear one of your Harley t-shirts? I said, no, I, I got rid of my Harley t-shirt. She goes, well, this is the most important question. I said, what do you got? She goes, are you carrying your gun? I said, what does that mean? Like, if you ride a motorcycle, do you have to carry a motorcycle? Do you have to carry a pistol? Like, is that, is that a thing? And she's like, she's like, no, I just, you know, I want to, I just want to, I'm just asking if you're going to carry your gun. I looked down, I said, hun, a gun can't fit in skinny jeans. So that's not going to happen. So I went to my closet shibs and I got out my pocket knife that I got from doing your dad's wedding. That was as much as I could get. I had my Metcons on, my workout shoes, my skinny jeans on, and a, and a motorcycle t-shirt that my, that my father-in-law made for me. That's all I got. But I went out riding these guys and I learned a lot about what I'm gonna talk to you guys about today, I learned a lot about it from these guys. And next to those guys is, is a guy named Chancho. When you're that big, no, you can't ask a guy that big why they call you Chancho. Like, it's just a cool name. Like, just, I mean, he's Chancho. He's, he just, he just, his name is Chancho. Like, that's just a cool name. And he walks slow. Just looked like he could mess somebody up, you know? My name's Chancho. They give everyone a nickname out there, by the way. I didn't know that. And I'm like, dude, you guys got a nickname for me? Like, yeah, we're gonna call you Skinny Jeans. <laughs> I was like, you guys can be quiet. And then there's Jamie. I can't tell you what his nickname is because we're in church, and that's his girlfriend, Lisa. And then me and Diane are back there. We're rocking our Hope T-shirts. We're just, we're just loving it. We're just embracing it. You know, we've got Ray-Bans on. Like, we don't even look the part. Like, they're just like, why they invited us, I think they needed a token black guy to come ride with them, and so I happened to fit the bill, so I'm like, I'm down. And so we're there having a good time. But I learned some things about motorcycle riding. Here's the things I've learned about, about riding together. Being with people is important. Being with people is important. It's a lot safer to ride in a group than it is to ride than is to ride alone. And here's what I learned. One of the things I saw Brent do when we were riding was Brent would take his foot off, his, off the left side of his bike and he would go like, he would put his foot down like that. I'm like, man, that's weird. I thought his leg was falling asleep. But then I realized shortly after that, that every time Brent would do that, he was telling me, hey, be careful. <clears throat> There's something coming up in the road right here. And he was letting me know, he was giving me some some protection. He was like, hey, be careful because there's a, there's a house in the road. And so every time he would do that, I would swerve around the house that was in the road. He was looking out for me. He was protecting me. Here's one of the other things I learned from Brent riding on the motorcycle. I was riding, number, I was number four guy. I was, I was in the back. And I was in the back I was, and I was taking cues and cues from these guys. And I'm a little bit, a little bit of a slower rider. I'm cautious. You know, I got four kids now. I got 11 year old and I've got a seven and a half, I got a seven year old and I got three and a half year old twins. And I want to raise them, you know? So I'm like, I got to be careful, a little bit extra. Dinah did ask me, she's like, are you going to borrow a motorcycle, a, a helmet from my dad? I'm like, what are you saying? She's like, I'm telling you that you're not a good motorcycle ride driver. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. So he would, do, he would say, hey, slow down. He would slow down. I've been on rides with, with Derek, Derek up here leading worship and up here with the sister. And he, and he would say, hey, slow down. I've, I've learned some things that you got to slow down. Or they would point at me, hey, there's a sign, be careful. One of the funniest signs that I saw on the, on the motorcycle ride, they took us in some back roads, it said turtle crossing. Now, that might not be a big deal when you're in a car, but that would jack you up if you're on a motorcycle. So he's like turtle crossing. So I slow down. I'm like, I was already going pretty slow, but I slowed down a little bit lower. And I'm just, I'm, I'm being careful. I realized right in the pack, it matters. On the way back, we rode by ourselves. We rode by ourselves. It was a little bit, I felt more safe. I said, I want to ride back with them. She's like, I just feel safe in, in, a, in a group. I feel safe in a pack. And, and when I know, one of the things I've learned about community is this, that when you're with community, you get direction. We would have been lost without that group of guys. You get protection. I felt super safe. One of the things that Brent did is Brent went out and blocked traffic for me. I'm like, Brent, I love, I love all people at all times and all places, 
but I'm not blocking traffic for you. Because last time I checked, car versus motorcycle, motorcycle loses. You know what I'm saying? It's like rocks, paper, scissors, you die. You know, like, I'm not going to block. But he would block traffic for me and allow me to go in. He, they took good care of me. We'd get to a, a stoplight, and, and Jamie would say to me, hey, are you guys good? I'm like, ah, just, yeah, I'm great. I'd rather have a tricycle. You know, I'd rather be in air conditioning. But besides all those things, I'm doing great. But there was protection. There was direction. There was safety. There were so many things that come with riding in a group. And I want to talk to you guys about a group of people in the scriptures that they pick the right kind of people. We've said this before. You're the average of your five closest friends. You're the average of your five closest friends. And so I want to make sure you're in the, I want to make sure you're running the right squad. I want to make sure you're, 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 you're going to be taken care of. You're going to be okay. That you're going to, you're going to make it through because if you don't, you, you miss out. My, my friend Stefan, Stefan, my, my friend, um, Tyshawn, my friend Tyshawn is the front, I got a nickname for him, but my, my friend Tyshawn's in, in the front row, and I, he's been running with the same guys for, a, for a, guy, a guy by the name of Keith Clan, a basketball player, UCF, and these guys play overseas ball, but they've been running the same group of guys for a long time. I've watched them kind of grow up together, and it matters who you're surrounded by. That just matters. You notice this also, depending on who you're surrounded by, it also determines how you dress. I've always wanted to dress like the guys in the band. But these guys from SCU, man, you have to have like, you got to have the flannel. You got to like be showing chest hair. Like I'm not quite ready for that yet. My jeans, I realize my jeans are tight, but it's really not as tight as, as, as Gabe's are. Like it's just not there. I've noticed this. You have to have a necklace with a key on it. Is that still in? Like I don't know. Is that a thing still? Like you have to have that key. Like I don't know if that's low key or open key or what kind of key that is. But I'm learning there's a, there's a level that if, no matter who you hang out with, you're, you're going to dress like them. I, I've been hanging out with, with Pastor Joel a little bit. I'm not going to wear one of those long tees to my knees yet. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't think I will be there. The first time, one of the first Sundays he came, he's like, man, Pastor Joel, I mean, I just, man, I'm glad to be here. I'm thank, thanks for hiring me. He's like, that outfit was, that outfit was kind of rough you wore last week. I'm like, dude, you're fired. You know, I was like, that was it. I'm glad you thought working here. You made it one week. Awesome. He's like, yeah, he goes, you gotta, he goes, I'm gonna help you with your game. I'm like, I don't, I didn't ask you for help, bro. I like it. I have four kids. I've been married for 13 years. What I'm doing is working. You know what I'm saying? I'm, do, I'm living the best me, you know? But I wanna talk to you guys about a group of guys that they're, they had some good friends, man. If, if you can have friends like this, you, you found a good thing. I think there's a, there's, I've heard that saying, he who finds a good friend has found a good thing. He actually, it's used for the Bible. Anybody who's, it, it, Proverbs says, any, a guy who finds a good wife has found, found a great thing. And I think if you find some good friends, man, if you find some good friends, man, you're lucky. You're, you're lucky, you're blessed. I wanna help you do that today. Acts chapter two, verse 42, the Bible says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This time out, it's important to be around God's word. They just, that's how this opens up swinging. These guys, they gave themselves to knowing God's word. I wanna help you today. There are two things that have helped me in my spiritual walk, God's word and God's people. Those are two things that will always help you, God's word and God's people. They gave themselves to God's teaching. The next part of the verse, they, then they, and they fellowshiped. They hung out together. They rode motorcycles together. They ate and they drank together. They went to coffee shops together. These guys, they were, they were, they were doing life together. They were sharing their meals now, I want to make sure you guys don't get any wrong ideas about sharing your meals. Sharing your meals is me and Travis going out to eat. Sharing your meals for some of you ladies means you get to reach your hand and take stuff off other people's plate. That's not the kind of sharing that they were doing. That's actually not godly, and that'll get you in trouble in every part of the world. You know, like, don't be reaching your hand in somebody else's plate. That's not cool. So don't be going out to lunch today and be like, well, the pastor said they shared a meal. Like, don't use that against your husband's wives. Like, that's not for that. That's like, hey, we're together. I order my own plate, you order your own plate, we're in together, we're, we're eating, we're hanging out, we're not sharing forks, we're not sharing spoons, 
We're not drinking off each other. Like, that's, that's too far, okay? So he says here that they were, they were fellowshipping together, and they were sharing in their meals together, and then they were praying together. Like, if you could find some friends that you pray with, yesterday on this, one of this motorcycle ride, and our food came out, I was like, guys, I'm going to pray. And one of the guys goes, I'm still going to eat, but you can go and pray. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome, I'm already in. Like, I'm like, dear Jesus, like, help this guy not to kill me while I'm praying, you know? Like, <clears throat> you want to have some friends that pray for you. It's easy to find some friends that go, to go hang out with you on Friday nights. That's easy. Do you have some friends that will pray for you? I had a, a sweet lady walk up to me today, and she goes, hey, you know that my, my nephew? She goes, yeah, he fell off a roof. He fell off a roof this week. Broke all of his ribs. I said, can you give me his number? I, I want to go visit him. I've, I've met the guy twice. I want to go visit him because there's nothing worse than being in the hospital and being lonely. Those are, they'd be in the hospital and be alone. So, and I want to, she's like, will you pray for him? I'm like, I don't want to pray for him. Like, I want to pray for him, but I want to go see the guy. Like, prayer will help you, but man, when you're lonely, that's miserable. Like, there's a lot of Christians out there, like, hey, I'm praying for you. God bless you. We have a, an organization in Nairobi, Kenya. Like, we'll pray for them, but prayer doesn't take the, if they need food, that, they don't want prayer. They want food. They want a sandwich. Like, you got to feed them spiritually and physically, and you got to teach them education. Like, you can't just be like, hey, I'll pray for you. Like, that helps, but you got to be there for somebody. You got to be there for somebody. That's the kind of group of people that these guys were. They prayed together. They were together all the time. Verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. They were helping people. They were praying over them. They were, they were, give, they were breathing life into them. And all the believers together in one place, and they shared everything. I walked up to Giselle this week. And I'm like, hey, my, my son really wants one of those T-shirts. And later that day, um, I, I realized, I was, man, I didn't really ask her very nicely. So that night I got on, I slid up in her DM and I was like, hey, G, it's okay if it's your sister-in-law, right? So I, I slid up in her DM, and I'm like, hey, G, I said, I didn't even really ask you nicely for that T-shirt, but thanks a bunch for that T-shirt. And she said something to me that I've learned, that I've learned from them. I, 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 I judged Eric for a lot of years, and the reason why I judge him is because he would look at our, he would judge us for our parenting style. How many of you guys have younger brothers and sisters who have kids? Okay, a few of us. Like, when they, they younger siblings, they have all the advice in the world. They don't have kids, it, but just side note. If someone doesn't have kids, they're like the best parent in the world, right? Just nod, like, I'm talking about you if you're not nodding your head. Like, like oh, you, you shouldn't do that. So Derek would be like, he would say stuff, and I'm like, Dan, I cannot wait for your brother to have kids. Like, they're gonna, it's going to rock. I hope, it, I don't even want it to rock his world. I hope and pray that it rocks his world, you know? Like, I want to be there to see, like, oh, that just felt good saying that. Like, I just really want it to be miserable. <laughs> too, too far, I know. One of the things that he said and just said to me, they have taught their daughter, he goes, we... We share everything. G said to me, she goes, I said, thanks for getting that shirt. I said, I feel like I didn't even ask you nicely. She goes, she goes what, what's ours is yours. Like, that's the kind of people you want to run with, that they share, they share with. Like, no one likes a stingy person. And if that's you, and we're going to pray for you right after the service, we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to take that stinginess out of you. But no one likes that person. These people, this, these people picked the right seed. They were friendly. They were encouraging. They were sharing stuff with each other. They were eating together. They were having a good time together. And they shared everything that they have. Jesus said, what's ours is yours and your squad. Whatever I have, it's yours. They sold their property and their, and their possessions, and they shared the money with those in needs. Derek and Giselle, Derek, who led worship today, him and his wife, Giselle, they're leading financial peace here at, at, our, at our church in that room right back there. And if you've never, ever gone through a financial course, you ought to go to one. This is going to be one of the best classes that we offer. It's going to encourage you. It's going to make things better for you and your finances. It'll make your marriage better. It'll make your relationships better. It's going to make you better. Because I grew, up in a, I grew up thinking everything I had was mine. And I kept everything to myself. And I lived in debt. And that's miserable. As soon as they, they introduced me to this class, I, I, I began to work out of being out of debt. I, and I, here's what I tell you. you. You weren't designed to live in debt. 
You weren't designed to live in debt. And this class is going to help free up your finances so you can live the life that God's intended you to live. And I've been able to be more generous because I'm not, I'm not living strapped. Now I don't celebrate getting a new car. I celebrate paying a car off. And so I want to encourage you. These guys, are, they've, they've modeled this. They've modeled it to us. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't, we're going to do a group sign-ups at the end of church day. If you haven't been through financial peace, I want to encourage you to go through it, whether you're 25. I wish I would have had it when I was 25. I wish I would have had it when I was 19, because then I went and went 15,000 in debt. Because here's what I know. I'd rather save $15,000 in debt than to pay off $15,000 in debt. Come on, just nod your head. Like, that's just a lot. That's, that's good math, and that's good preaching. So they shared everything. They shared everything. And by the way, nothing about generous people. Generous people, they never, ever run out of what they have. Like, you can tweet that. Like, that's just factual. Like, generous people they never run out. Stingy people, they always run out of stuff. They have to go out and find ways to make more. So he says here, um, and there's a lot of generous people in our church. This is a, this is a generous church, and we're going to become a, we're going to be, become more and more generous. The, one of the things I talk to guys in our community that have nonprofits, they say, "Man, we just can't believe you help us this much." They say, "You're just a little church plant. You're only three years old." I called Dave Ramsey up this week. Well, I called his office, and I was like, "Hey, we need um, we need we need a leaders kit for this class." And they said, "We want to help you guys out." And I'm like, "Awesome." They said, "Normally it's 200 bucks, but because you're a baby church." three years old, he goes, we're going to give it to you for half the price. We're a generous church. It came back to us. You can never, ever go wrong being generous. They share everything that they had, and they sold their property and their possessions. I'm not going to ask you to sell all your possessions and give to the church, by the way. Like, I don't want you to think that's, like, that's hardcore. Like, these guys, they were taking care. The, the point they're trying to is that these guys were taking care of each other. These guys were helping. They were helping each other. And, and people that are helping people, that's a great environment to be around. I go in the gym sometime, and Kale helps me all the time. If you ever saw me in the gym, you'd realize I need lots of help. I said, Kale, I'm going to buy you an energy drink today. Because after you coach me, you need another energy drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need extra. Like, I'm, I said, let me just buy you one. He's like, and he looked at me, he was looking like, what's the catch? I'm like, I want to, you help me all the time. I want to I wanna help you. I want to help your addiction. Here, have a bang. You know, like, his wife's like, you're not even helping him the right kind of way. <laughs> like, so. Generous people are always sharing their stuff. They're, they're giving their stuff away. They, they worshiped together at the temple each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared meals of great joy and generosity. One of our core values is generosity. These guys, they shared meals together, and they shared the Lord's Supper. Come back next Sunday, because we're going to have the Lord's Supper together. They met in church together. Here's what we realized today. When you walk out of here today, you're going to say, man, I am so glad that I came to church. Can I encourage you with something? Try to come for four weeks straight. If you feel, you feel good coming after one week, imagine what it would be like to go four weeks in a row. That's a high I can't explain. Like, come four weeks. Come, try to put together a streak. I love the YouVersion app because now it tells you how many days in a row you read the Bible. I want to encourage you. Try to come four Sundays in a row. Our next series is called Next Level. It, we're going to introduce it next, next Sunday night at the Volleys. We're going to see it's called Next Level. I want to encourage you to be at Next Level because I don't know anyone who doesn't want to go to the next level. No one wakes up and says, I hope I make, more, I hope I make less money next year. No one, make, no one says that. No one says, I hope I have more flat tires in 2019 than I had in 2018. No one says that. No one says, man, I hope I have no dysfunctional relationship in 2018 that I didn't have in 2000. Like, no one says that. Everybody wants to go to the next level. Everybody wants to go from where they are to, some, to the next level. Everybody wants to do that. And if you don't, you should want to. And if, you, and if you're not sure about that yet, I want to encourage you, you were meant to go to the next level. He says here, they shared all their stuff, and they, and they came to church. And they worshiped together, and they had communion, and we're going to do that. Um, and they, were, they had great joy. And they were generous. Generous people, by the way, are some of the happiest people that I know. You meet someone who's generous, you'll never ever find someone who's grouchy. Generous people are always smiling. Like, it's like, dude, why are you always smiling? Oh, I'm just generous. Like, how can you be smiling 
because you're giving all that you have away because it's something inside of you. There's, a, there's, there's chemicals that are released when you give. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel better. Matt is one of the most generous guys that I know. I quit fighting him. I quit fighting for him when we go to the bill, to get the bill. I quit fighting with him. I did orchestrate a deal with him. I'm like, hey, for every 10 you buy, I'll buy one. <laughs> you're like, dude, quit, you, you, like, why does he keep on hanging out? You're like, I'm like well over 10. Like he still hasn't like caught up. I think I did buy him coffee once. Like I'm still like in, in debt, but <laughs> they love taking, they, they're just generous people. That's, and generous people are always smiling. They're always happy. They have, they were, these people, they were joyful and they were generous. What a beautiful combination. Who didn't want that? So he says here, and each day the Lord added to their house, or they added to their fellowship, those were being saved. The Bible says the word and there. It has the word and there, and I circle that in the Bible, the word and. These people, they were giving, they were serving, and they were helping people out, and the church grew. The church grew. We don't measure here at our church, in case you're wondering, we have a group of guys that, that work in our, in our financial world. We don't measure what comes in. We measure what goes out. Because we want to be a church that's all about the out, all about the reach out, all about the encouraging, all about, if you come here and you join, if you become part of the dream team, it's about serving. Here's what we know. If you serve, you're going to feel better about yourself. If you serve, you're going to be like Jesus. If you serve, you're going to be happy. If you serve, you're going to be more generous. If you serve, you're going to have more joy in life. And we want everyone to have joy of the Lord on their face. We want everyone to be encouraged. We want everyone to be inspired. And when you're giving and when you're serving, you're being like Jesus. And we want to give you opportunities to do that, I want to give you two more passages of scripture. I think it's important for us to get these. I, I love this passage of scripture. You want to find people like that. If you surround yourself with some people like that, you're going to do okay. You're, you're, going, to be, you're going to make it. You're going to, you're going to be where you want to be. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be inspired. You want to find some friends like that. If you have a Bible, or if you don't have a Bible, take a, you want to memorize this verse. Acts chapter, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says this. Then God said, I love this. Right before this, the word then there is there because he's gonna tell you, here's what happens next, okay? So you wanna go back before. This is Genesis chapter one. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, man, that's good. Man, that's incredible. And then he says, I wanna make some, I wanna make some plants and animals. I wanna, I wanna try my hand. I wanna see if I have a green thumb. By the way, he has a green thumb. He created the universe. But he's like, I wanna make some plants. I wanna make some animals. And that's good. I made water, H2O, nailed it. That's good. I made light and I made darkness. That's good. And then he says here, I'm going to make a man. I'm going to make a man. I, this, I'm, going to, I'm going to make a man. Here's what I'm going to do. He goes, and I'm going to make that man. I'm going to let us make human beings. I'm going to make him in our image. And he used the word owl there. And it's important for you when you read the Bible to kind of make sure you read it well and, and make sure you look at it a different way. But you want to underline the word owl there because in, the, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus says the word owl, and nobody's on the planet except for God at this point because there's no human beings yet, right? Just nod your head. He's talking to himself. Now, Jesus himself, is a, it's a trinity. It's God the Father, it's God the Son, and it's the Holy Spirit, but it's just one person. It's Son, and it's, it's the Son, it's the Spirit, and it's, and it's the Father. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. It's three people, but it's just, it's just one person. I'm, my dad texted me this morning. He's like, hey, I'm not going to make it to church today. I'm like, I don't want your excuses. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, I'm not going to be at church today. But I, my, I'm, I'm a, I have a dad, so I'm, I'm a son. I'm a son. My mom's five rows back. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, I'm a son, but I'm also, I'm also a brother. I'm also a husband. I'm three, I'm all those three things. And I'm, I'm a bunch of things and I'm dad and, but, but I'm really, I'm only one person. I'm, I, there's only one human being. God, there's, there's one, but Jesus said, hey, let us make man in our image. And one of the things that I pump the brakes there every time I read that verse and he's saying, hey, let us, let us, let us make this guy we're gonna make, these guys and girls, let us make him like us. And Jesus at his very core being 
he is a community being. And he says, I want to make Gabe Gibalosco, I want to make him to want to be around people. I'm going to make him that way. I'm going to make Stephanie Yarborough to want to be around, to want and to need and to be better in community. I'm going to make her that way. I'm going to make it in such a way, I'm I'm going to go so far as to say this, after I made that man in our image, I didn't say that things were good because he was lonely. So then he made a woman and then he said, now it's good. And all the ladies said, amen. I know that's right. He was incomplete without us. They need us. Uh. <clears throat> when they all came together, then God says, now, now it's good. I, I made you guys to need each other, to want to be around each other. I, I made that way. I'm better for being friends with Rob, Garmin, and Georgine. Same initials. I'm better for that. I'm better for knowing Amy. I'm better for knowing the foxes, even Lee Fox. Better for knowing his wife, but I'm I'm just better for knowing you guys. I'm better. I love I love Joy Powers. I'm better for knowing her. I'm I'm made I'm made to be around people. I'm made that way. And then he says here, I want to make you guys like us. And then I want to give you influence. Hey, friends in here today, God made you. And then he says, I want to give you influence. And some of us in here today, we're not exercising our influence. We're not not doing anything with our influence. And he he gave us influence because I I gave you leadership. Here's the deal in here today. One out of one people in here today, God made you. And God made you for something so much more. I was was at my backyard yesterday. And my kids were playing in this little, little pool. Hashtag ministry life. The pool's six inches. But Fraley and Brooke gave them this water slide. And they've got the water slide in the pool that's six inches. And they're living the best life ever. They're loving it. To them, that pool, it might as well have been wet and wild. They were having a blast. But how many of you guys in here know in here today that wet and wild is a lot better than a six-inch pool with the little tight slide, slip and slide in there. That their bodies are the full length of the thing. Like you can't, there's not really a slide when you don't slide. Like it's just like, you lay there and it's like, <laughs> just, you're there. Like they're like, it's so boring to them. They gotta make up, they're going down head first, back first. Sayla's got Judah in a choke slam. She's on top of him. She's like, I'm gonna go down this way. Like she's just, they're making up ways. Like they're trying to make it fun. I meet so many people in life. They're so excited about the six inch pool. It's, it's sad. And maybe you're in here today and, and that's where you're at. God's got something so much more for you than a six inch pool. There's wet and wild out there. There's a better life for you. There's more for you. And some of you, I, I, I got this much and I'm okay with it. I, I just want you to know that there's a God and our God is a God of more. God has more for you. The problem is that we've got, somehow along we've been bought this church theology where God wants everything from us. I would go to say this, this but I think God wants more for you than he wants from you. Does he want you to surrender your life to him? Yes, but here's what I will tell you. A surrendered life is a lot better than a life all by yourself. I'd rather have all that God has for me than to do it all on my own. I just would rather do that. My life's not really worth living for. But Jesus gave me meaning. We sang that song. How could it be? It's a question. It's, it's, we shouldn't even sing this song. It frustrates me. 
because it bothers me. I've been perplexed by it all week long. Just tell me this song, and then we sing it this week. I'm like, how can it be that the great I am could love me so much and be so good to me? How could that be? I don't know. Except for to say, it's an extravagant love. It is a reckless love. It is an unconditional love. Only Jesus would do that. Only Jesus, only the great I am could do that. I'm down with that. Like it's, I could get like me loving you and you loving me. I get that, but how could the great I am? King of the universe, how could he sit in heaven and come down to earth to love a, to love a wretched sinner like me? He has such a, and he has such a plan for me. Friends, today, I want you to know when you leave here today that God has something so much more for you. If he didn't think he had more for you, he wouldn't have sent his son on the cross for your sins. He didn't just, Jesus didn't die for you just so you can go to heaven. He died for you because he has such a plan for your life that he wants to use you on this, on this earth to make you more like him and bless you. And he wants to prosper you. He wants to do so many things for you. The Bible says that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus, I've come to give you an abundant life. That's what God has for you. He says here this passage of scripture, he goes, I, I, I came to give you influence. I've got an opportunity for you. I've got, a, I've got something set up for you that it's going to bl- blow your mind. But I found so many people. I was talking to, to Joel the other day. He goes, hey, I, uh, I watched this movie with my, with, with my wife recently. And, and Portia's like, oh, I saw it too. The movie is this. The people are so disenchanted with their own life that, they, that they'd rather play a fantasy life. And church, I'm sitting at dinner last night, and I go, that's disgusting. Because God is so much better. God's done too much for us, guys to get excited about a fantasy world. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on how to explain it, but I just see so many people, they're excited about a six inch pool. And Jesus has so much more. I'm so, I don't sit in a desk like this anymore. I'm so glad I'm not living a life in, in, a, in, a, in a three foot desk anymore. My desk is a little bit bigger now. I'm having, when I said this, did you guys, anybody have a flashback of Elf, the movie, when I said this, anybody have that? Okay, only I'm screwed up. Awesome. God has something so much more, something so much more for us. Hey, uh, I want to say this to you. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine. Two people are better than one. Two people are better than one. Two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. That's where I got that from, by the way. You're like, where'd you get those points from? I get them from the Bible. You get around the right people, you're going to be successful. Here's what the deal. If one person falls, <clears throat> how's he gonna be able to get up if he falls? My son fell yesterday at the at the at the, um, at the football game, and I did what any good dad would do. I said, "Son, get up." And my wife did what any mom would do. She picked him up and she dusted him off. Nora fell out here. Giselle walked over and she picked him up and she scooped him up. How can you fall if you're by yourself? How, who's gonna pick you up? I was talking to Kim this week, and Kim said to me, um, I, "I was helping her move her couch." Kim, transparency moment, it was heavy. And I had Joel helping me, so I was a little at a disadvantage. I'm not gonna lie. An eighth grader walked by. He was as big as Joel and I put together. He's like, you, you boys need some help? And Joel's like, what school do you go to? Like, how old are you? Like, he's like, oh, I'm 13. I'm like, Joel's like, I wish I was that big when I was 13. I'm like, you wish you were that big now. <laughs> he was dwarfing us. I'm, I'm so glad we fell, because they would help us pick this, pick this couch up. Kim said to me, there was a lady that lived in, in the apartment complex. She died recently. I said, really? She said, yeah. I said, how did they find her? She goes, well, there's a guy that sees her every day, but he didn't see her for three days. And so he went to the office and said, I haven't seen so-and-so. And they went and got the key to go and find her. That she, she, was, she was gone. 
How you get, if you don't have any people in your life, how are you going to be there? How, who's going to pick you up when you fall? Because, by the way, if you've lived long enough to know, you, you fall. We all fall. It starts when we're three. It happens when you're 33. You, you fall. People around you fall. Like, who's going to pick you up if you have no one there? So I've got two things I want to say to you. Two more things. Number one, you weren't meant to live alone. I'm going to invite the band to come out. You weren't meant to live alone. If you're here today and you're like, man, I've been doing pretty good so far, you could do a lot better. You could do a lot. I'm doing pretty good. I've made it this far on my own, Wes. No, you, you, God's got something so much greater for you. Like he's got a six-foot pool lined up for you. You were not made to live alone. There was no one in this room here today that was made to live alone. You're not made to live alone. I'm not made to live alone. Dinah's not made to live alone. And just be careful real quick. I want to give a little disclaimer. If you're here today, you're thinking, man, I would love to be married. Being married would be so awesome. It's easy for you to say because you're married. Being married is a lot harder than being single. And every married person here say amen. Come on. Being single is a cakewalk. Everyone shake their head. It's a cakewalk. If I, if I want to be in single tomorrow, Brad, I'd hop right back into it. I know exactly what to do still. I didn't forget. Come on. Matt's like, I come here because he's honest. I didn't forget how to be single. That was my default for 23 years, 24 years. That was easy. Getting married? I, I'm going to be learning something. 83. It's work. There's a day where I wake up like, man, that was easy today. And that was a walk in the park. You put two sinners in the same house, that's not going to be easy. Two screwed up people, one with her own set of baggage from her, from, from her house, my baggage from my house. You bring all those bags in there. It's hard. Just saying. It's hard. I mean, we make it look easy. I mean, because I married Diana, it's not easy. And I would marry Diana over and over again. Because who doesn't love a honeymoon? Come on, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Someone said to me today, man, why do Christians get, they're like, we better get out there. It's going bad. Someone said to me, why do, why do you think, uh, I'm talking about your sister, I'm sorry, bro. Someone said to me, why do, you, why do Christians get married? Why do they get married so soon, so early? I said, because we believe sex is for marriage. It's hard to wait that long, you know what I'm saying? We got to get married, short engagements, you know, like we got to, it's got to be quick. You were made to live alone. And here's the second thing. This is, I think this might be my favorite point. Sometimes I have a favorite. But the op, uh, somebody else's life could be better because of you. Somebody else's life could be better than, better than you. Dinah said this, to me, like, said this to me just last night. She was like, man, why can't that person be just like Maggie? Maggie's made our life better. My life is better because of Maggie. My family's better. This church is for dang sure better because of Maggie. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad the moment I met Travis and Kristen because they have, they annoy me because they're, because their drive is so, it's like on overdrive all the time. And it's like, Travis is always pushing me. Dude, come on, dream a little bit bigger. This, Diana behind me, she's like, she's all week long. She's like, hey, what about this? What about this? And she's always pushing me. It's, someone else's life would be better because of you. I'm better because of Ryan and Annie. Mostly Annie, you guys get why, but I'm just, I'm better. Her mom came, Andy's mom came in today, and she gave me a hard time. Like, I didn't even know what to say. Like, I was, I blushed, you know. I'm better. I'm better, I'm better because of, because I know Victoria and Josh. I'm better for that. Someone else's life could be better because of you. Someone needs you. 